Poussin illumination extend to uh, life out in the world. So usually, when we think about when we give a particular name to a uh, practice, the name confines it to a particular form. We say koans. We have certain ideas about it, and we bring to that idea certain forms of practice. When we say silent illumination, it's the same. In fact, uh, my teacher, our compassion, articulated silent illumination in the later part of his life in terms of stages so people can get a handle on this um, practice. And uh, because of that, <clears throat> people were able to feel like they can understand the practice and they can do it. But the flip side of it is it became rigid and uh, people started to use those stages as a measurement for themselves. So uh, in my book, I basically got rid of those stages. And I uh, took another, another angle to talk about silent illumination, and that is uh, silent illumination, it's like life. It's our true nature. <clears throat> silent Illuminations like life, it's our true nature, which has some qualities. One is you know, we're already free, like Thai's poem, uh, shared by Gideon Roshi. Another one is that um, it has many full functions, manifestations, its responsiveness. Of life. So that's the illumination part. Already free is the silent part. This is who we are. This is uh, the principle in the course of practice. And this is the full fruition. So when we understand silent illumination or any method, uh, from this broad perspective, then we're no longer limited to a physical posture, like sitting meditation, right? or a particular way of practicing. But the problem is, uh, you know, these teachings come to us uh, as words, and we're listening to them as words, so we're kind of understanding it here. It's very difficult to actualize and to put it to practice. And one thing we don't want to do, is how I tell my students, is to keep it 
in the realm of abstraction in the head. Okay, sorry about the technical difficulty. I don't know how much you've, you've heard. Uh, we lost you when you were saying that it, uh, it was beyond a personal practice. Hmm. That was a while ago. <laughs> okay. The point is, you know, the teaching comes to us as words. We naturally process it here. We start from here and allow it to manifest in every aspect of our life, our sangha life and our social life. And the way to do it is there are two, two, two like a particular method. I want to use silent illumination as a principle. And that principle, translating, if you will, silent illumination, is uh, you know the typical Buddhist jargon would be shamatha vipassana, you know, calming and insight. Another way to say is stillness and uh, function, you know, wisdom. These are jargons. <clears throat> On the working end of practice, emptiness, you know, stillness, silence, is about relationships. Experiencing relationships, seeing things from the perspective of relationship, multiple angles as opposed to a tunnel vision, self-referential way of seeing things. So silence, emptiness, shamatha, stillness, samadhi, or selflessness, these different degree of profundity of silence. Uh, is understood as relationships. Guagu is made up of non-guagu. Uh, Galen Roshi is made up of non-Galen Roshi. What does that mean? It's made up of everything else. All the experiences, interaction with people. So this is the first principle. Illumination. The function of wisdom. Wisdom in action. What is that? It's compassion. Or responsiveness. At the working end of practice, it means new beginnings. New beginnings. Everything changes. So applying this to our body, to ourselves, changes the whole dynamic in which we work with the practice. 
all aspects of practice, the way we relate to wandering thoughts, physical discomfort. When we have vexations, when we have self-referentiality, we tend to exaggerate. We tend to have a tunnel vision. We tend to think in terms of me, I, my, up here, in the realm of words and language, ruminations and stories. So, being able to relate to the body in terms of relationships, we begin to understand uh, all the different conditions that's ex that we're actually experiencing, actually experiencing in those moments. And that's the way we work with it. We have to relax the body, ground, and then we'll be able to access subtle conditions that's influencing the self-referential uh, tendency, which is in complete opposite uh, uh, way to silence, right? ruminations. And there are subtle ruminations, which I call feeling tones. They're not fully formed notions and ideas and words. They're kind of like moods. Uh, they're usually shielded by um, tension. Shielded by our ideas and concepts. And because we're so attached to our notions, you know, we don't see how we actually feel, so we're divorced from it. So if we relax the body, work with it, not from here, but directly accessing the body by relaxing it, grounding it, then we'll be able to go through those shields and access that feeling tone. Then we can work with that. Then we can work with that. Because how we actually feel these subtle tones actually shapes all of our experience. So once we're able to do that, we'll be able to see all these conditions, relationships, and how we're relating to ourselves, our body. After you know, years of practicing this way, we become very much in tune with how we actually feel. And we, at the same time, recognize that everything changes. Changing one condition, the others will follow. Changing the condition of the body, the breath will follow, will change. The feeling tones, once exposed, will be able to soften. The sense of bodily weight will be able to be grounded. And when you go back to the feeling tone, you can work with it. What is that? That's illumination. New beginnings. Each and every moment, we'll be able to uh, recognize that freedom. 
and responsiveness. And this principle of seeing things, whether our body or ourselves, or the world, in terms of relationships. The jargon is uh, dependent origination. Patita Samupada, which explains emptiness, which explains selflessness, which is the silent part of silent illumination. Do you all follow so far? Yes? So seeing things this way, this becomes an actual way to practice it instead of up here. Does that make, make sense? So we're actually practicing selflessness by releasing tension, grounding the body, and seeing the, all the different conditions that are at play and working with the conditions. When we work with them, we see new beginnings. Moment by moment. That's the responsiveness of wisdom, function. So getting ourselves out of the way so we can see what is actually happening and what needs to be done. Now, practicing this way, getting used to understanding ourselves, our being, body, mind, feeling tones, our heart, in this way, naturally, it will begin to extend to other areas of life. And the way we relate to other areas of life, our Sangha, for example, we will see from that perspective of relationships, just like the body, mind, heart, our spirit, are intimately connected in relationships one affecting the other. Same thing with the whole world. Our Sangha life. The rhythm, the ebb and flow uh, of this relationship. The way we relate to our own bodies. uh, Whether we like it or not, always translate to how we relate to other people. The way we relate to our own vexations, greed, hatred, ignorance, always translates to how we relate to other people, our fellow practitioners, a person who is practicing very diligently, seemingly, by plowing through difficulties, maybe motivated by seeking, motivated by, I want this moment to be other than what it is, anger, anger, craving, and when that person relates to the Sangha, how come this person don't understand? Why is this person doing this thing always? You see? Just change. That person does not know the feeling tones that's shaping his or her own practice. So naturally, it's just going to translate to other people. So, the way to, you know, um, practice, the way we relate, especially 
the way we relate to difficulties that we have, challenges, vexations. Whether I'm good enough, you know, why am I experiencing this? Uh, I want this, I don't want that. The way we relate to it, that's feeling tone. So this is the site where we observe what is the feeling tone. Right? And we have to expose and then work with it. Expose, accept, have to accept. And then we work with it. Work with it. Once the feeling tones are released, how is it released? The body relax, ground. Then things can change. There can be openings. Especially in Chan and Zen, us practitioners. Our correct view is we're already free. Within nature, within, already free. So why is it that I'm not free? What is it? Where does it come from? We have to work with ourselves. Work with ourselves. Exposing. Embracing. What we find. And then work with it. And then we can let go of it. These kind of four ways. Same thing with the external environment. What needs to be done, what can be done, what is actually happening. Recognize it. Embrace it. We are just like the body, mind, heart, spirit, our whole being belong together, mutually influencing. We belong to others. We belong to all the elements. We belong to each other. Yeah. Something happened on one, one aspect of the Sangha will affect other aspects. That's relationships. When one thing changes, other aspects will slowly change. That's new possibilities. Does that make sense? Then we can begin to <clears throat> yes. Okay. You said embrace, accept, and and new beginnings, and then we can begin to, and then you cut it. Okay. Uh, was that in terms of relationship with others, Sangha, or was I talking about? Yes, yeah. Sangha. We can, we can practice here. And then we'll be able to relate to when one aspect of the Sangha is hurt, our community, our practitioners. It will affect everything else, just like our bodies, our breath, our hearts, our minds. Can you all hear? Yes? Okay. 
Oh, this a this a gentleman, uh, okay. Oh, all right, okay. Um, terribly sorry about the technology. Um, someday, hopefully, I'll visit Houston. I'll practice with you all. Um, you know, one part of the sangha is hurt, then it will affect others. So we have to recognize, see the relationship, the interdependence. Recognize, embrace, uh, and then work with it. Work with it. Work with it. See what needs to be done, and what can be done, and who can do those things. When is the right time to do those things? Uh, I'll tell you a story. Uh, when I was done, when I was a young novice, <clears throat> my teacher, uh, I was very busy. I was traveling with him, attending to him. You know, his translator, secretary, you know, editor, you know, all kinds of stuff I was doing. But every time we go to Taiwan, I'm relieved of all those things. First of all, he doesn't need a translator. Everyone speaks Chinese there. He doesn't need a secretary. He has three in Taiwan. <laughs> secretary in Western language, in English, yes, I can, I can still deal with that. But when I was in Taiwan, I'm free, liberated. And then, uh, editor, nothing to edit. I'm just hanging out in the Sangha. So what did they assign me? They assigned me these menial jobs. Well, all I have to do is take care of my teacher when he wakes up, make sure he's okay, get dressed and at night, take showers, and a bath. I used to massage him because his body ached. Uh, but during the day, basically, it was all time by myself. So he assigned me the job of sweeping, sweeping the courtyard. There's a lot of trees in the, in the courtyard. <laughs> so the leaves are constantly falling down. So I'm sweeping with everyone. Right? And our broom. Our broom is homemade broom. What is it made out of? Can you hear me now? Yes, I'm so sorry. What did I leave off? You were just getting ready to sweep with that broom made of Twigs. Ah, yeah. Broom made out of twigs. The point is, it's not effective. <clears throat> you know, we just bundle up a bunch of very, very thin twigs. And, um, and the leaves are big. I, I guess it worked. So, twigs and bundle up together. Sweeping the courtyard, and everyone is sweeping 
in their own way, each in their own way. I got so frustrated. There's leaves constantly falling. There's wind. The broom sucks. And everyone's doing their own way. So I told my teacher, I said, Shifu, can you just give me 40 minutes, half an hour, 40 minutes, just let me do it. Let me do this. I'll take care of everything. I'll take care of the whole parking lot. Don't let anyone touch the, the space. Give it to me. Let me do it. You know, my offering. So my stu stupidity is thinking, I'm offering myself. I relieve other people. But the feeling tone is, I mean, it seems like, oh, Guagu is doing so much. He wants to sweep the whole thing by himself. No. The feeling tone is, Uh, aggravation, frustration, and arrogance. You know, they don't know what they're doing. Let me do it. So my teacher took a look at me. And I was focusing apologies. No problem, but we were waiting to hear what your amazing teacher said to you about your offer. No. He says, uh, <clears throat> the point is not to. Uh, yes, is to clean the parking lot, the, the premise. But the point is, huh, again? Okay. The point is practice. Point is practice. Practice with everyone. Not your practice, but practice with the whole Sangha. How to work with others when everyone has their own way of doing things. What I wanted to do is to do it my way. What I needed to do to practice, to learn, was with. Meaning, the broom that sucks. <laughs> How to work with everyone that's present and adapt to recognize, to observe how everyone is doing. To accept that. And then adapt to it. Adapt to it. So everyone doing their own way, that's not the problem. They're in a different area. How do we, each in their own area, work to clean and sweep the compound in this big parking lot space with a bunch of trees? So I had to communicate with other people. We had to, you know, uh, work together. Okay? When we do it, when we work together, you know, the point is not 
how they do it. The point is, you know, everyone working together harmoniously, then everything's done. What needs to be done, what can be done, is done. And if we don't finish, or you know, if the leaves continue to fall down, you know, the wind continues to blow, we do what we can. We do what we can. So sweeping becomes practice. You know, working together becomes practice. My teacher said to me, I have to learn afterwards, after several months of that. I have to learn to uh, work with myself in a particular way. Work with it. Recognize vexations when it's present. So, what is present? What is absent? Be very clear of these two. Right? Task. Then, I have to translate that to daily life. He says, if you can take care of him, for example, one person as an attendant, how do I feel, work with myself, and then start to recognize what does my teacher need? What does my teacher need? What needs to be done? Then I can translate to what does the Sangha need? The whole community. What needs to be done? What is present? What is absent? Then we can extend that to the whole society. Learn to take care of one person and learn to take care of or to work with the whole Sangha. And then the society. So step by step, step by step. The practice is not really about methods. Methods, they're pretty much all the same. It's how we work with the method, our relationship to the method. And through the method, we understand the relationship to ourselves, how we're treating ourselves when we have vexations, when we have anger. Are we ignoring that and just kind of plowing through? And then that translates to recognizing everyone, everyone especially those close to us. Right? And then extend that to the Sangha. Extend that to uh, families, you know, our family. You know, family life. And then our Sangha in our community life. And then, you know, United States. Your social political life. Right? So, in that process, in that process, we come to understand uh, silent illumination, you know, wisdom and compassion, selflessness and its function. I'll, I'll stop here.
before the next internet <laughs> disconnection. Thank you so much. I would like to suggest to uh, our Sangha that we move directly into discussion. And those of you who need to stand up and take a break or get a beverage, please feel free. But I think it would be good to just move directly into discussion right now, if you're okay. And uh, our local tech person, I'm not sure who it is, Royce, I'm not sure who's there, but you can field questions. But I can start us off with a I, I love this talk. Thank you for your teaching. Just absolutely wonderful. And uh, I know you you answered this, but I'd just like to say, I'd like to hear a little bit more. When you're working with those subtle tones and feelings, coming to awareness, because for a lot of us, a lot of it is new information. How do you, how do you um, avoid being dismissive of those subtle tones, just sort of wanting them to go away because they're getting in your way? How do you avoid being dismissive? Dismissive is a feeling tone. <laughs> you know, it's not wanting this. I wanna. I don't want to face it. You know, once a person uh, get used to kind of practicing this way, uh, for me, I, I start to recognize patterns. I face difficulty or face challenges or things happen. There's a pattern to how I do it. So it's important to accept that. It's important to recognize that, accept that. But there are other practices so rich within our tradition, you know, that, you know, the Chan Zen tradition, uh, that supplement or support so it's not just like I use silent illumination, you know, I use koan. So these practices are practices of humility, gratitude, repentance, you know, recognizing repentance doesn't mean feeling guilty about things, things, accusations. It means uh, taking responsibility. Once we can accept and take responsibility, our feeling tone shifts from running away, you know, whether it's dismissive or denial or aversion, annoyance. It's about taking responsibility. Once we actually take responsibility, which is very important, because if we don't take responsibility, that means uh, it's other people at fault. If when it's other people at fault, then we have no agency anymore. So you can't change other people, right? We can't change the circumstances. So we're always victimizing ourselves. You see? So repentance, that humbleness, humility is extremely important. It's not guilty feeling, oh, I'm, I'm a bad person. It's really about... Uh, Accepting cause and effect, causes and conditions. Whether we recognize it, uh, some specific events, or we don't, uh, previous lives, or whatever causes and conditions that we can't see. But once we take responsibility, yes, 
what I'm experiencing now is the ripening of karma I've done in the past. I now face it. Now we have agency. Now I can do something about it. If it's other people, what, what are we going to do? Now the choice is here. It's here. And by facing, accepting, taking up, that actually, that, that shift in feeling tone, I don't want this. To, yes, it's, it's me. Not only humbles, but also brings about peace. It brings about peace. Yeah. Peace to, uh, to our heart. And then we can work with that. So feeling tones are very subtle. They shape our experiences and they have a pattern to them. So some, some people is not dismissive. Some people is um, you know, something else. But, but that principle of the workings of recognizing, taking our responsibility, facing, accepting, that brings about peace.